Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday Celebration from the Center for Spiritual Living in Huntsville, Alabama. We hope you feel the grace, the beauty, and the love of our community as you hear the message of the week. recognizes, honors, and bows to the divine in you. And in this space, we are one. One love, one light, one power, one energy that lives and breathes and has its being in us. We're so grateful to be together today to have this opportunity to share, to listen, to learn, and to love. So it's with great honor and great gratitude that I open this service this morning. All is well, all the time, and so it is. Good morning, everyone. Today we have a reading from the Science of Mind textbook by Ernest Holmes. This is page 280, revised and partially excerpted. Prayer does something to the mind of the one praying. It does not do anything to God. The eternal gift is always made. The gift of God is the nature of God, the eternal givingness. God cannot help making the gift because God is the gift. Jesus revealed the nature of the divine being by his personal embodiment of the divine nature. He said, as you believe, it shall be done unto you. The whole teaching of Jesus was based on the theory that we are surrounded by an intelligent law, which does not which does unto each as they believe. He implied the necessity of faith, conviction, and acceptance. That is, only believe is measured by according to our own measure. We must not only believe, but we must also know that our belief measures the extent and degree of our blessing. If our belief is limited, only a little can come to us because that is all we believe. We call, the law of, we call this the law of mental equivalence. How much life can any person experience? As much as they can embody. There is nothing fantastic about this. There is nothing fatalistic about this. We are so constituted that we can continuously increase our embodiment. We grow in grace, as it were. We grow in power, and theoretically, there should be no limit to that growth. But right today, we can expect to demonstrate or have our prayers answered according to our belief and the embodiment of that belief. Thank you. Look for the good in everything. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone. Look for the good in everything. 
What a wonderful message, how, how I propose that. Look for the good in everyone. And uh, our monthly theme is this idea of uh, moving to wherever we're at, the journey to where we are. The talk title today is The Precipice of Growth. And uh, this was different for me this time because most of the time I'm able to actually kind of decide what it is that I would like to talk about. This time, David had other desires. God bless David, man. I'm grateful that he gave me the opportunity to be before you today because, uh, as you are well aware, David is an incredibly uh, gifted mystic. And as far as I'm concerned, it's very, very, you know, it's hard to not want to watch him. You know what I mean? He's great. So the idea that I'm even able to be up here today is, is almost, uh, it feels super surreal. And it's been like 27 months since I've actually had the opportunity to give a talk in this kind of format. Most of the talks that I've been given have been over Zoom, which has been kind of, you know, there's a sense of connection that comes with that. But there's also, you know, in this month of things being paradoxical, there's a sense of disconnect that comes with it for me. There's nothing quite like being with you here and having that sense of community that we have here as a result of being able to see each other directly. It's almost as if you guys are neighbors, I would say. And when we talk, when, you know, Bob's great song there talked an awful lot about neighbors. And I got to tell you, my wife and I did not plan on ending up here in Alabama and you folks being our neighbors. I had, um, I had a job that I was working for Center for Spiritual Living Home Office up in Oregon. It was, a, uh, it was a camp that CSL had bought, and it was 
um, it's uh, Camp uh, Cedar Ridge, Cedar Cedar Ridge, right? And uh, it's in Vernonia. And so if you can imagine the map of Oregon, there's a little ear that goes up kind of into Washington up in there. It was on that little ear up back, nestled back up in the uh, in the forest there. And um, I thought for sure that that was the tailor-made position for me. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was what I was supposed to be doing, was up there serving, helping the, the transition of that camp to be able to come to, to fruition. You know, knowing that the idea that we were going to be able to have that to further the message of Centers for Spiritual Living, which is one of inclusivity, one of peace, one of love, one of harmony, right? And I wanted to give in a way that I could, that I'd never given before in order to be able to do that. And I really felt super tailored. I felt like this position was for me because it was the director of maintenance and guess what? Growth. Our talk title today being the precipice of growth. What I found out was that after having been there and given it my all, I found out that spirit had other plans for me. That's what I found out. After working there for seven and a half months and putting in nearly 2,000 hours worth of labor in helping this place to get off the ground, I was let go. Now, why was I let go? I don't know. I'd love to be able to say that I had a stock answer to that. And I can have some answers, I think, at times that are, that are, that are somewhat satisfactory. But the truth of it is is that I had to learn to trust that there was something greater at play because my wife was looking to already move to Oregon when this happened. Our house in Colorado, where we lived, was under contract to be sold. A little bit of a scary time for us where we had to really learn to get into a position of trusting in a way that we hadn't done previously. We had to trust in something that wasn't quite there yet, knowing that something was going to show up, perhaps a gift of some sort, like in the, in, the, in the reading that Adam had there, the gift of God being God. And so uh, we, we decided to go ahead and let the house go. We bought a motorhome. We made a tour across the Midwest to the South, looking for where it was that we were supposed to be. And we didn't really know what that was like until we had a friend who lives over in Florence that said, why don't you come over here and check this area out? And I'm like, Alabama? Are you kidding me? You must be joking. And we drove in, and I found out why. I found out why. You know, we live in a place here that is very, very beautiful. It's, it's steeped in history. And it also needs some healing. There's a lot of things that still need to happen here. And I think that it's, it's funny how... The law works because when I was there in Oregon, what did I have? I had this idea about what it was that I wanted to have happen. And what it was, was I wanted what? Community? I wanted to have to be and live in a place that was completely green, very lush, lots of water. Because having come from Colorado, we were in an area where there was a lot of drought, right? And I also wanted to be in a group of, you know, in a group that challenged me to grow along lines that were racially based. And I hadn't been in a group like that before. And I'll be darned, folks, if this turned out to be where I was supposed to be the entire time. 
So our themes today as we kind of explore this are going to be a couple of things. They're going to be gifts, first of all. Our second theme is going to be um, it is done unto you as you believe, as was talked about in the reading. And then the third theme I want to talk about just a little bit is growth. But before we get too far into that, I want to go ahead and toss out an idea that um, I learned from the calendar here last week, which was last Sunday was Clergy Appreciation Day. Did any of you know this? That they, they've got all kinds of different days now, don't they? But I found that one to be very, very apropos because it got me to thinking about all these people that have really invested their time and effort in helping me to become who I am today. You know, people like Reverend Dr. Barry Ebert, people like my first couple of teachers, the Reverends Ryan, Mike and Carla Ryan, who were the senior ministers over at Center for Spiritual Living Parker, Dr. Nadine Rogers, who was my sponsor for many years, my current sponsor, Dr. David Leonard, these are all people who have really kind of, you know, have really gone out of their way to ensure that I had everything that was ne needed to be able to grow. So I wanted to toss some appreciation out to those folks today, too. And I wanted to toss out some appreciation to my very first minister, Mr. Fred Rogers. Yeah. What does that bring to you? When you sit there and you think for a moment about Mr. Fred Rogers, my wife Cindy had the, the uh, <clears throat> I had the good fortune to get a video from her that she had picked up off of the uh, off of the internet that was uh, Fred Rogers accepting a lifetime achievement award at the Emmys, and he was approached by a uh, young man who had been <clears throat> who had been on his show many years previously, who was a young man who had a congenital condition that ensured that he would live his life in a wheelchair. And this young man, the man who came to <clears throat> present the award to Mr. Rogers, he didn't know up until about five years ago that he was a minister. I had no idea. The man embodied the principles that we all, that I seek so, so well that literally he was able to leave every other piece of message of any kind of dogma out of it completely. What was his message? Won't you be my neighbor? Wow, that really goes directly to me to this idea of what Jesus and his two commandments really were. What were they? Love God and love your neighbor. And if we are able to follow those two commandments, and some might even argue that, in fact, there's actually only one commandment there. Because how is it that you know you will love God? You will love your neighbor. So I'd like to honor my wife today. I wanted to say a special thank you to my wife because uh, she, has, she gives me great fodder for a lot of these talks. And also, she was uh, kind enough to wear the proverbial cardigan today. So uh, as you are well aware... Uh, Fred Rogers had, um, you know, he, he was a big fan. He'd come in from out, out in the world, and he was coming into his safe place, wasn't he? He was going into his closet where he invited us in. He invited us in to be a part of his existence. And nobody knew uh, on any greater level than Fred Rogers did about how the law of the science of mind worked because 
I'll tell you what, he knew about the power of an idea, did he not? He knew about the power of an idea and he knew how important it was to get these ideas into children. That they were perfect, whole, and complete from the get-go. There was nothing wrong with them. There was nothing that, that needed to change. And all that they needed to do was grow and be who they were. It was a level of acceptance that I, to this day, still aspire to. That man may have had perhaps the most powerful ministry in America. Wouldn't you agree? How many Gen Xers here right now have this ability right now? You can nearly cry when you think about what Fred Rogers did for you. Yeah, me too. And me, you know, bread, Sesame Street. Man, I'm still all big into that stuff, you know? I think it's part of what makes me a little bit of a big kid and helps me to kind of stay a little bit young. I've always said that if I really wanted to have this, I, you know, if I ever wanted to have a, a tattoo, which I ended up getting a spider on my ring or on my ring finger, but that's a different story. I'll tell you that at another time. Um, but this, uh, I always said that if I could have one, it would be of the Cookie Monster. You know, because there's something there's something great about this idea of remaining a kid. So what I want to offer you today is a trip on the trolley, because that is one of the things that Fred had on his show, didn't he? Everybody remember the trolley? Where did the trolley go? The land of make believe. And that, friends, is what we do. That is what we do. If we are to be in a position where we learn to grow, where does growth come from? Where does it come from? It comes from the inside out. We have to be in a position where we begin to imagine and use our creative faculties. And as we begin to imagine bigger, greater, different things, things begin to change in the outer world. But it begins with us. So I'd like you to willfully suspend your belief right now as we partake in a my favorite children's story. This is a book by a woman named Melanie. Well, it's, it's got a little accent over it, so I think it's Melanie, Melanie Watt. And the book is entitled Scaredy Squirrel. You can see just briefly here. Scaredy Squirrel. Now, I'm, I'm going to attempt to read the book in its entirety without any interruption. If I interrupt, please forgive me. This is apropos. I mean, I, I, I was a youth minister for many years, folks. I swear the books are for me. <laughs> Warning. Scaredy Squirrel insists that everyone wash their hands with antibacterial soap before reading this book. Scaredy Squirrel never leaves his nut tree. He'd rather stay safe in his familiar tree than risk venturing out into the unknown. The unknown can be a scary, scary place for a squirrel. Here are a few things that Scaredy Squirrel is afraid of. He is afraid of tarantulas, poison ivy, green Martians, killer bees, germs, and sharks. 
So he is perfectly happy to stay right where he is. There are some advantages of never leaving the nut tree. It has a great view. It has plenty of nuts. It is a safe place. And there are no tarantulas. There's no poison ivy. There are no green Martians, killer bees, germs, or sharks. There are some disadvantages of never leaving the nut tree. You get the same old view, the same old nuts. And it's the same old place. In Scaredy Squirrel's nut tree, every day is the same. Everything is predictable. All is under control. Here is Scaredy Squirrel's daily routine. 6.45 a.m., wake up. 7 a.m., eat a nut. 7.15 a.m., look at the view. 12 noon, eat a nut. 12.30 p.m., look at the view. 5 p.m., eat a nut. 5.31 p.m., look at the view, and 8 p.m., go to sleep. But let's say, just for example, that something unexpected did happen. You can rest assured that this squirrel is prepared. Here are a few of the items in Scaredy Squirrel's emergency kit. He carries a parachute, bug spray, Mask and rubber gloves, a hard hat, antibacterial soap, calamine lotion, a net, band-aids, and a sardine can. And here is what Scaredy Squirrel does in case of an emergency. In the first step, he panics. In the second step, he runs. In the third step, he gets the kit. On step four, he puts on the kit. And step five, he consults the exit plan, and he has a top secret exit plan listed here, which is in exit one, be careful because there are green Martians and killer bees in the sky. In exit two on this other side of the tree, do not land in the river. If unavoidable, use the sardines to attract the sharks. And number three, the exit is look out for poison ivy and for tarantulas roaming the ground. And on the fourth, set, fourth exit, keep in mind that germs are everywhere. And remember, that if all else fails, playing dead is always a good option. So with his emergency kit in hand, Scaredy Squirrel watches. Day after day, he watches. He has a pair of binoculars that he's looking for. Day after day, he watches until one day, Thursday at 9.37 a.m., a killer bee appears. Scaredy Squirrel jumps in panic, knocking his emergency kit out of the tree. This was not part of the plan. Scaredy Squirrel jumps to catch his kit, and he quickly regrets this idea because the parachute is in his kit. But something incredible happens. He starts to glide. Scaredy Squirrel is no ordinary squirrel. He is a flying squirrel. Scaredy Squirrel forgets all about the killer bee, not to mention the tarantulas, 
the poison ivy, the green Martians, the germs and sharks. He feels overjoyed, adventurous, carefree, alive until he lands in a bush and plays dead for 30 minutes, for an hour. And two hours later, he opens an eye and he finally realizes that nothing horrible is happening in the unknown today. So he returns to his nut tree. And all this excitement has inspired Scaredy Squirrel to make drastic changes to his life. Here is Scaredy Squirrel's new and improved routine. 6.45 a.m., wake up. 7 a.m., eat a nut. 7.15 a.m., look at the view. 9.37 a.m., jump into the unknown. 9.45 a.m., play dead. 11.45 a.m., return home. 12 noon, eat a nut. 12.30 p.m., look at the view. 5 p.m., eat a nut. 5.31 p.m., look at the view. And 8 p.m., go to sleep. And as for the emergency kit, Scaredy Squirrel is in no hurry to pick it up just yet because it's buried in poison ivy. <laughs> what can we glean from our friend Scaredy Squirrel? Can any of you identify with him just a little bit, perhaps? How often are we riddled with and, and stuck in our routine? But we really maybe don't even know that it's a you know, that it is that routine. We need to be able to be in a position perhaps where we can suspend our belief system and begin to use the power of imagination again in order to be able to get to a different area, a different form of growth. And what's interesting about Scaredy Squirrel's form of growth is didn't it happen even when he least expected it, right? What do we talk about in science of mind is that we, we get back what we put out there, right? So if Scaredy Squirrel is busy that he's in this moment, that all he's focused on is, is staying safe and doing all these things, isn't it hilarious how him chasing after his safety and security put him in a position to find a new gift from God? Hmm. So that's by design. I would almost venture to say that now, if we know that everything is all one, which is that what we do espouse here, does it really matter whether I'm trying to grow or not trying to grow? If I'm identified with the nature of source, folks, it's going to happen anyway. The question becomes is, can I do it in the way that Scaredy Squirrel did? Can I do it in a way where I can see it in a form of being adventurous? I can see it as being something that is exciting. You know, life is either exciting or what, I think it's a Helen Keller quote. Somebody help me here. An exciting adventure or it is nothing. Something along those lines. Wow, folks. So for me, my own personal challenge today, because growth continues to happen and it's not this idea of, um, you know, so much deciding what it is going to look like for me. It is more this idea of knowing that it's simply going to happen because I'm one God. Is there a sense of safety in just that plumb? 
Maybe I'd be able to be in a position where I could be a little bit more like Fred Rogers. Maybe I could come into a, my nice home and take off my take off all of my defenses, right? Because that's what Fred did when he came in there. He took off his outer defenses and he became just who he was, vulnerable and trusting. Because the truth is, is that it is done unto us as we believe. And if we have the ability to go ahead and to create circumstances, regardless of whichever way they tend to go, we can create that which we choose to create. And who knows? Maybe you got a pair of flying wings. I think he actually might. Now, don't let this mean that I'm telling you that you can fly, okay? I'm not trying to say that. Don't go run out, try to find yourself a nice rock and play scary squirrel on top of this. That's not what I'm about. But what I am about is that you have gifts that still need to be uncovered. And embrace them. Embrace them. And you can even embrace them before they happen to come out. I think I might be done. Yeah, I think I am done. Thanks for the opportunity to share it with you all today. So now is going to be our time of offering. And um, if I could have uh, a couple of ushers grab the uh, grab our baskets, that would be ideal. Um, as you... Um, as we go around and collect the offering this morning, I'd like to offer a little bit of a, uh, I'd like us to engage in a, um, an affirmation for our offering. So whether you're giving online or wherever you happen to give, it doesn't have to be here. Any place where you're giving, this is applicable. So could you please hold your hands over your heart and repeat after me. Divine love, Divine love. Is expressing as me, blesses and multiplies all that I am. All that I have and all that I circulate. And so it is. for listening to our podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.cslhuntsville.org.